It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. New week on Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name's Sam Ekstrom, host of the program. The special guest on this Monday afternoon in Mankato is Daniel House. Daniel on Twitter at Daniel House NFL, CEO of Vikings Corner. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. We're getting to the end of camp now. We can take a breath and get ready for the preseason. You've been here virtually the entire way. You've been in Mankato for every rep, every walkthrough rep, every practice rep, and you were here on Saturday night for the lively scrimmage in Mankato. Packed house, 10,500 attendees, Vikings greats, Benny Sapp, uh, Ryan Hogue, some Ahmad others. Rashad. Ahmad Rashad, maybe. We can toss his name in. But what were your main takeaways from Saturday's glorified scrimmage? Well, I think we saw a lot of what the offense can do, a lot more explosive plays. There was uh, the beautiful fade from uh, Bradford to Stephon Diggs. I mean, Diggs right now in camp has been just absolutely phenomenal. He's on another level when he steps out on the field, and I don't think it's a stretch to say that if he stays healthy, he can work himself into that elite category because his route running is just so above average compared to anybody on the field and his competitive fire that guy's just wired differently and he showed up under the lights and Bradford too was just fantastic we've seen his touch and accuracy down the field when he gets a great pocket those uh, deep corner routes he just places the ball right in those tight windows and his accuracy down the field is fantastic so the big key though is that offensive line I'm not sure how the tackle spots are going to hold up. Rashad Hill, thankfully, it sounds like he's okay after he went down in the practice. But, you know, how is Mike Remmers going to hold up in pass pro? I like what he does in run blocking. That's definitely an upgrade. But how does he perform in that pass protection, which is going to be pivotal for this Vikings offense? It's easy for Bradford to look so good when you're not able to sack him. I'm not sure all of the the vertical passing plays would be coming to fruition if you were allowed to sack the quarterback because – Right now, Bradford can hang in there as long as he wants. Mm -hmm. There's no need for him to get flushed out of the pocket, uh, really. And he's been able to hit Diggs and give him credit, give Diggs credit, too. He's been extending the field vertically more than we've seen at any point during his three years. And last year, he sort of became a run to the sticks and do a curl kind of guy. You know, he would would go to the line to gain. He would be money uh, in short distances on those slants and little curls and some out routes. But this year, I think we see... A different Stephon Diggs, a more explosive Stephon Diggs, and some of that might be philosophical. This team might see what they have, this this speedster, probably the fastest guy they have in the receiving core, and he has really stretched the field well with more deep splash plays than anybody else. Um, even Michael Floyd, who's had a very good camp. It seems like for the first time in a while, the Vikings have 
a pretty solid one, two, three, if you include Floyd into that mix. Of course, the catch is you don't have Floyd for the first four games. Yeah, and I mean, that's going to be a moment where you hope that Quan Treadwell can step up. You haven't seen him since the scuffle in practice. You know, it feels like a long time ago. And so him coming back and being able to fill in for him and maybe be a red zone threat, which is something that we saw a little bit. I liked what I seen from him early in camp. I think his route running's a lot better. I think he just looks more comfortable moving out there. Maybe that injury last year was a little bit more of an impact than we anticipated. He's actually winning contested catch battles, which is what we saw on tape. He looked more comfortable. Like he was still maybe recovering from that Ole Miss injury that he mm-hmm. had on his leg uh, later in his career. You were seeing some of the stuff that you saw on tape earlier in his career. So I'm, in, I'm intrigued, and I'm also kind of surprised the depth chart came out today, and Rodney Adams was way, way down, down there. there. Yeah, And, I mean, that's intriguing because you look at Caleb Jones, who's kind of been a guy that stood out early in camp, really good vertical stretch of field kind of guy, good contested catch skills, uh, great ball tracking. He, I was worried about how he'd match up in physical, you know, press release coverage, but he's been getting open. Uh, and he, he has, if he can carve out a role on special teams, he might take that sixth wide receiver spot. And I mean, Adams has been up and down. I think the last two practices have probably been the strongest for him. Looks a little bit more comfortable tracking punts and yep. kicks in the return game. Um, had a couple splash plays in the scrimmage on a crossing, uh, deep crosser. And then there was one moment where he almost made an acrobatic catch on Anthony Harris. I mean, he was starting to get some separation. I feel like his route running, he was asked to do a lot of concepts here that he didn't need to do at South Florida. So it could be interesting to see how that wide receiver battle shakes out on that bottom tier in the preseason. And Isaac Frickty, a guy who was listed above Stacey Coley in the depth chart, someone to watch for as well. And I, I talked to Adams last week just to get an update on where he and Coley were at, those two rookie wide receivers. And I asked him, what's one hurdle that you've had to overcome? And he said the physicality of defensive backs in the NFL. That, that's much, much different than he ever encountered at USF. And it's something that, especially with the Vikings, they've got some pretty good cornerbacks. And obviously they've got some uh, pretty physical safeties on that third level. So Adams may be struggling a bit to adjust to that. And how odd would it be if both of the rookie receivers found themselves on the outside looking in? I don't think that's what will happen, but Adams, the fifth-round pick, might be in some jeopardy. Well, I think it's going to come down to Coley and him probably. One of them will be put on the practice squad. And you look at which one will provide more value in the return game. It's going to be big in the preseason. And then I shift my attention, you know, looking at the defensive line of this team. I mean, there's just so much talent, especially in the interior. You look at the strides that Shamar Stefan made this offseason, not just being a run stuffer, but getting after the quarterback more. He's caused a lot of pressure. So you put him in there with Dayton Jones maybe playing a little three-tech, you've suddenly got an interesting package to get off the quarterback, get after the quarterback, and you look at a guy like Will Sutton who's showed some flashes in mm-hmm. camp. The Vikings are loaded at interior defensive tackle, especially when you take into account Jaleel Johnson's a draft pick. And he's been really shining down in the goal line stuff and the run defending side of the game. So how do you make some of these roster cuts that you have to on that defensive line? Maybe you trade one of those guys if you really, really like what you're seeing from a younger player, veteran maybe could get moved. If they only hadn't waived Toby Johnson, they would have the Johnson trifecta on the interior. <laughs> Toby Johnson, the guy, I actually liked him a lot last I did year. too, yeah, he was a really flashy player. Quick break from Daniel House to remind you that Seat 
Geek is the smartest and easiest way to buy tickets. It's extremely simple with the Seat Geek app. It's a seamless mobile experience that you use to buy and sell in just two taps. Seat Geek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, and of course, it's fully guaranteed. There's nothing like seeing your favorite team in person. I've used it frequently this summer to get into Target Field at great value. They search multiple ticket sites and compare prices to help you find amazing deals, most bang for your buck, and they guarantee each purchase. Here's what I want you to do. Download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code L-O-N-F-L, and you will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. L-O-N-F-L, a free 20 bucks off. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. So the news breaking this morning, Latavius Murray has been activated from the PUP list. We finally get to have our first look at number 25, Latavius Murray, former Raider, led them in rushing each of the past two years, was part of a three-headed attack in Oakland last year, which a lot of people projecting will be the case this season. However, with this lingering rehab that took longer than we expected, not even sure if Murray will be in enough game shape to play in Buffalo this Thursday, that's still yet uh, yet to be seen, has the train left the station without Murray? Has Dalvin Cook, who's already listed first on the depth chart, has he built up enough of a lead over Latavius Murray that it's going to be hard for the veteran to regain that starting job? Well, I, I really have liked what I've seen from Dalvin Cook. I mean, that guy, I think once he gets on the field, if he starts getting a lot of reps and is successful, he's not coming off of it. I mean, you look at how special of an athlete that guy is. His cutbacks, his vision, very patient runner, but yet he is able to slide through those tight creases and, you know, accelerate into the second level. He's just dynamic. You can put him, you know, run him out of the shotgun. You can even do single back, and he's very effective. He's elusive and breaks a lot of tackles. So, you know, you look at him, what he can do, he's – all-around weapon I mean reception wise you know out of the gun he can do a lot of things that you really want to do in your offense to keep defenses honest and I look at Murray you know Murray was a goal line warrior in in Oakland I believe it was like 11 touchdowns inside the 20 last year for the Raiders so when you think about that you know you can put him in when you get into the red zone I mean you look at that guy he's huge I cannot believe it I mean like he's six foot three he's got a huge frame for a running back I mean you look at like I'm like man this guy doesn't have as wide of an upper body as Brandon Jacobs but I mean he's as tall as that guy Mm -hmm. so you kind of have a nice little compliment I think between Cook and Murray you got the more dynamic but then you got the power back between the tackles runner that you need to maybe improve that running game down in the goal line to keep defenses honest and maybe open up that play action then you got Jarek McKinnon you can put him in the slot Use him in unique ways to get him out in space and use that athleticism. So the running back room's really intriguing, and you can get creative. It can be kind of like an a la carte system there based upon matchups too. That's a great point. 
And another running back question stemming from this, and I wrote about it a, dec a decent amount last year, was the Wildcat package. And it hasn't come up much, this training camp. Maybe it was just a one-year wonder, but I think the Vikings should at least give it a try. They were much more successful using that last year than their standard run plays, almost a yard and a half to two yards better on average when they used the Wildcat. And to be honest, it wasn't even that good of a Wildcat personnel with Matt Asiata. That's not a Wildcat back mm -hmm. that you would think of using. And that's sort of why the Wildcat went in the tank the last four weeks of the year, because they used a lot of Asiata. Now you've got Cook and McKinnon. Do you think those two could combine and continue the Wildcat attack this season? I think they could, but, you know, I really think that was kind of a desperate measure move. You looked at how ineffective that team was, even when they put power packages in there, that they could not run the football at all. So I feel like the Wildcat was a thing like, let's just shake it up and see how it works. And now, you know, maybe you have some personnel to do it, get creative. That's another thing where you look at your matchups. You look at the defense you're playing and you see maybe it's a better idea to, you know, implement some Wildcat that week. And Sperano used it a lot, you know, when he was in Miami. That kind of was the birth of that, that mm -hmm. system. So it's something he likes to use. So we'll see. Transitioning to that zone blocking scheme. I think it's going to benefit all the backs, especially when I was watching Florida State, uh, a replay of their game uh, last year, yesterday, and I see just how well Dalvin Cook can run in that kind of system between the tackles. Uh, you got a little bit of a look where, you know, Bradford's more of a pocket passer, so if you have more of a read option look, you can toss it up the field. You know, defenses have to be honest and respect that. So I expect, yeah, a lot of creativity in how they use their running backs. So with all the compliments we're giving the offense here, I still have to ask, if the Vikings offense played the Vikings defense in a full game, would the offense score? Because this defense has looked very good throughout camp. This defense has looked amazing. I mean, you look at that defensive line, like I said earlier, the Hunter and Griffin, I mean, they're just on a different level right now. And you look at this, this is the year where that defense needs to get creative. You've had four years of Mike Zimmer's system. It's installed now. And I think the coaches are kind of hinting at that, that now, you know, you're going to take those players and utilize their skill set to the best of their ability. So I'm looking at guys like Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr, sugaring that A-gap, getting downhill and blitzing more, and stunts and twists, getting guys off the edge, sending them, you know, maybe doing some creative things with Anthony Barr. Like, I don't know, that our offense would really, I, I think the Vikings' offense would really struggle to score points right now just because at tackle position, I'm still just a little bit worried about how that's going to shake out. You use the word sugaring. I like that a lot. It's a good word choice. I prefer, I prefer peppering the, the A-gap, <laughs> but, I mean, sugaring works too. His name's Daniel House, writes for VikingsCorner.com, great contributor to uh, zone coverage as well. Good to have him on Lockdown Vikings. Daniel, I know you got to get to practice, so we'll let you run. All right, thanks for having me. My name's Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. We might even have Sage Rosenfels back on the show tomorrow. Make sure you check that out on the Locked On Podcast Network.
Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.